How many relaxed women do you know? Can you think of anyone? And how relaxed do you feel really and truly at this general baseline level in your own life? So many of the women that I talk to, friends, clients, my circle, often describe feeling like they are just trying to keep up with life, trying to keep up with everything that needs done, feeling like they are on this treadmill (laughs) that is going a little too fast where one misstep will throw them off, and feeling like it's almost impossible to truly just settle, sit down, and relax, even during those times and moments that are supposed to be relaxing and could be really so good. But we're missing out, right? So many of us are missing out on these good parts of our lives, the parts of our lives that we're working for, that we're planning for, that are unfolding in front of us, because we're actually living in a state of overwhelm, overdrive, and overfunctioning. So this is what we are talking about today. This is Bold as Love. I'm your host, April Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, coach, and breathwork facilitator. And this is a place where we talk about how we show up and speak up in our lives, in our relationships, in the conversations that we're having with the people that we love, with the people that drive us crazy, where we look at how we really are taking more responsibility for our side of the fence without over-functioning for the other people in our lives. Thank you so much for listening. I am glad that you are here. So this question, how many relaxed women do you know, was a question I heard from Elizabeth Gilbert during this interview I saw her doing with somebody. And this question just hit something in me. How many relaxed women do you know? And as I checked in and thought about my circle, my circle of friends, my circle of clients, the people I have contact with in my life, What I just really noticed was this is such an evasive goal. So many of us are living in the state of near burnout, constant overwhelm, feeling like we are just trying to keep up. And, you know, there's so many examples that come up for me as I think about this where we're missing out on on the good parts of our lives, on the parts where, you know, that beauty is unfolding, but we've got one foot out the door where we can't quite connect to what's happening in front of us because we're so full. We are so oriented just to focus on the next thing that needs done. And it's like we are racing through the days of our lives. I remember a client telling me one time about how she had, uh, ordered a play center for her daughter. And it was a really big deal for them. You know, it was really symbolic of like, you know, them creating beautiful family memories after experiencing loss and hardship in their lives. And, you know, really trying to weave beauty and goodness and and, and connect to what was in front of them. And she had ordered this play center and It arrived, they made plans to set it up on the weekend, and she had these ideas in her head that like, 
this is going to be a beautiful memory-making experience, right? My husband's going to be there. My daughter's going to be there. And together, we're going to put together this play center for my child. And instead, what she noticed, and she's one of those people that had that great ability to be self-aware, right? Where we kind of see ourselves as it's unfolding. We're kind of in it, but we also have that bird's eye view of like what's happening, And she could see that, you know, here was this thing that she was so excited about, that she was so excited to create and offer her family and her daughter. And yet, as they were working on putting it together, all she could think about was what else she needed to get done. Of trying to wrap this up as quickly as possible so that she could get back into the other house and take care of these other things. And it wasn't necessarily because these other things absolutely had to get done today. It wasn't because there was a deadline that she absolutely had to meet today or something bad would happen. It was just because her system was living in this hamster wheel kind of state of just running in overdrive. And so she was aware that here was this beautiful moment, this beautiful memory-making opportunity in front of her. And yet she had one foot out the door. She couldn't actually connect fully to the good thing that was happening. And this is what I hear women describing all the time, right? I think of another woman, and I've heard this from so many women, but another woman who was telling me the story that, you know, they're a busy household, right? She's got a million things to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, her husband would be saying to her, you know, come sit down with me come on, come sit down with me. Come sit on the couch. And even though she so wanted that connection with him to be able to kind of cuddle up to him, chat about their days, unwind a little bit together, slow down, her system wouldn't let her do it. Instead, she was like, I've got to clean this place up. I've got to get these dishes done. I've got to, you know, take care of all of these essentially unimportant tasks. But because there was dishes in the sink, she could not let herself unhook from the idea of this task that needed done in order to do the thing that would have actually been really good for her, really good for her relationship, really good for her partner, really good for her nervous system to just slow down and enjoy the good parts of her life that were sitting there calling her, waiting for her. And this is such a huge phenomenon. This is such a massively huge phenomenon. We are missing out on so much of the good stuff because we always have that part of our brain that is trying to stay two steps ahead of things. Right? And the pressure on our shoulders is enormous. We're trying to take care of our loved ones. We're trying to stay connected with our friends. We're trying to take care of our household, our health, remembering everybody's birthday, <laughs> making sure there's food in the cupboards, bringing home an income if you're working outside the house. And on top of that, we're supposed to be finding our purpose, creating an impact, and somehow looking good as we're doing it all. We are living in the state of overwhelm and deprivation. 
And because of this, we end up numbing out in so many different ways, reaching for the stuff that is cheap and easy, as Brene Brown would say, right? So buying that thing that you don't really need off of Amazon because your system is just looking for this dose of dopamine of like, I just need to feel good, right? That little hit of that feel good feeling where it's like, I deserve it. This is for me. So whether that's buying something you didn't really need or having that extra glass of wine that maybe isn't necessarily good for you, we are doing all of these things. We are reaching for all of these shortcuts because on some level we're telling ourselves, I deserve it. And of course you deserve it, right? Most of us are overworked, overwhelmed, and overtired. So we end up trying to fast track you know, and I think of this one woman I was talking about, and again, I've heard this from so many women, but was describing this phenomenon of like that glass of wine at the end of the day that just started to get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And as we dug into what was happening for her, you know, she was running at just such a pace during the day that at night, you know, her system would kind of collapse and she would you know, have that urge to slow down and relax. And glass of wine felt like the fastest route to get there, right? Which is fine, except when that started to contradict some of her other goals of feeling good and not being dependent on substances. So, you know, when we look at these ways that we're living, these ways that we are numbing out, these ways that we are giving ourselves the scraps from the table instead of the full delicious experience, there's some questions that I think that we need to start to check in on. And yes, there's all kinds of cultural and systemic pressures that set us up for this. Absolutely. But there's also some things that we can do individually to take back some control and some awareness of what's happening in our own lives. And so, you know, some of the questions that we can start to look at, I believe are really important because what we're doing in this, right? When we look at this goal of becoming a relaxed woman, which really is like my top focus these days in so many ways, one of my top focuses anyways, is really looking at this idea of how do I truly step into that deeper level calm that true sense of self-trust, that true sense of ease, that true sense of I'm okay. And what does our life look like when we're embodying that, when we're operating from that model instead of this, how do I just stay two steps ahead of things when we're living in fear and panic and scarcity and anxiety? So, Here's what I'm playing with these days and some of the things that are helping me to do this. So one is taking stock of what I can and cannot control. There is just such thing as surrender to the parts that, that I can't change. The second thing is living by my values. This one is actually so huge. So for example, one of my values, one of the things that I really 
believe in, that I anchor myself in, that I want to lean into as part of my identity and what I'm about is this idea of service and contribution. So when I'm living with that and knowing that I'm living with that, knowing that I'm choosing that really helps to support me and protect me when I'm in moments where let's say there's somebody in my life who is judging me or mad at me or accusing me of being a bad person because I'm not giving more to them because I'm not meeting their expectations right and this accusation whether implicit or not of like "Ooh, you're a bad person because you're not giving more to me I can really remind myself actually I'm somebody who lives a life of service and contribution. And that doesn't mean that I need to stay open 24-7 to meet everybody's needs and wants of me, right? Your favorite coffee shop is not necessarily open 24 hours. (laughs) We're allowed to have boundaries. We're allowed to have rest. We're allowed to choose where we serve, where we give, where we contribute, And when we can own that we're doing that by choice, then the sting of being accused of disappointing somebody doesn't hurt as much because we're able to see this is not actually about who I am or what I'm about. This is about, you know, their stuff or their attempt to manipulate or control me, right? So looking at, you know, what is it you believe in? And when we can look at that, You know, for instance, I was talking to um, somebody who was describing this, you know, painful situation where she had had a misalignment with a boss. And the fear, of course, was that the boss now saw her in this negative view, that she would not get the appreciation that she deserved for all of her hard efforts that she put into her work, and that she would kind of be overlooked when the opportunity for promotion came And, you know, as we kind of move through this, what I encouraged her to think about is focusing less on trying to control and manipulate and grab a hold of what her boss sees her as, and instead just focusing on being what she wants to be, right? If you're somebody that wants to be seen as very professional and very capable at your work, just focus on being professional and capable at your work, right? Without this need to kind of run and seek out approval and validation. Because we don't actually have control over whether somebody else is able to see you clearly or not, right? There's just one of those things that we don't have control over. But what we can control is, here's what I know to be true about myself. Here's what my good intentions are. Here is what I try to offer. Here is what I'm about. And the last thing is really for me looking at nervous system regulation. We're hearing a lot about this these days, partly because we're becoming so much more educated as a society about how trauma works and how we physiologically respond to threats, overwhelm, stress, our lives. And so one of the tools that is really helping me to 
fast track this goal of controlling my nervous system, keeping myself out of a state of hyper arousal and into a place of calm, clear, grounded is breath work. So you've maybe heard me talk about this before. I had done my first breath work session um, almost a year ago now, I guess. And literally after doing my first session, I instantly knew I was going to go and get trained in this. I'm like, I have to be able to offer this to my clients and to my circle. This is powerful stuff. So obviously, I'm a, as a therapist and coach, I'm a huge fan of what we can do at the mental level, of what we can do at the talk therapy level. Huge believer in all of that, of course. But what I found was this tool of breath work let us go deep, fast, in a way that bypassed our conscious thinking, bypassed, you know, all of those blocks that pop up for us, and we just go into the root of things. And what I've experienced is that, you know, people are clearing old trauma. They're clearing old limiting beliefs. They're clearing stored up emotion. For me, when I do these sessions for my own self, uh, when I'm the receiver of the breathwork session, there's times where there is emotion coming up or memories coming up where I'm like, I did not even realize I was still thinking about this thing. But yet that's what my body, that's what my nervous system has been carrying. So when we think about how all of that accumulates and keeps us full. It makes it really hard to deal with whatever new stressor is coming at us with a lot of grace or ease or self-trust because we're already full. We're already overwhelmed. So this tool of breath work is, I believe, so incredibly profound, so incredibly useful, and such a cool way to really look at and shift a relationship with ourself and to reset our nervous system. So I'm doing a new session, uh, our next session, I should say, uh, this Wednesday. So if you're listening right now, that is May 11th at 11 a.m. Toronto time. And this is what we're going to be doing is rewiring and releasing some of this overwhelm and overdrive from the inside out. Getting rid of some of that old trauma and the old stories that say, I'm not safe unless I'm staying two steps ahead of what could go wrong in the future. <laughs> so I have to be doing, doing, doing. I can't slow down. I can't relax. Just in case everything falls apart, I need to be ready. Or I'm not worthy unless I'm overgiving, overdoing, overperforming, and making sure that everybody sees it. And starting to release those old ideas that no longer serve you. Starting to heal from the inside out. This is what this is all about. So this goal for me is something I would encourage you to think about, whether this is also something that you want to play with and explore in your own life. This goal of becoming a truly relaxed woman. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? 
So this idea of, you know, what it means for me is creating a life where I'm doing things that I want to do and not because others expect me to do it. Working from my values, where part of that is progress over the idea of perfection, right? Anchoring myself in that. Anchoring myself in who I am. And where I'm trusting myself to figure it out when I get there. We don't have to work so hard to know how you're going to handle a future conversation or how you're going to handle a problem that could unfold a few days from now or a month from now. We don't have to do all that mental work, you know, at 3 a.m. when we're lying awake trying to solve all those puzzles. We don't have to do that when we have full trust in your own self to know that you'll be able to figure it out when you get there, to trust that you'll be able to be present and dialed in enough to pick up on the information that you need in that moment and to respond accordingly from a place of calm and dignity. This idea of starting to look at what is your relationship with self-trust and with trusting life. And so many of us have experienced things that have put that into question, right? Are there these moments of self-betrayal in our lives where I wanted to say no, but I said yes, or I knew I should have broke up with them, but I kept dating them, (laughs) right? Or I put up with something that I knew I shouldn't. All of these moments of self-betrayal and self-abandonment that erode self-trust and these life experiences that erode our trust of life. And looking at what it means to release that old hurt, release that old injury to our hearts so that we can repair and rebuild trust with ourselves and our lives moving forward. It is big stuff, but so worth it, my friends. So if you want to join me for our next breathwork session, I'm probably going to be offering these monthly, um, So if you cannot make this one, uh, stay tuned or get on my email list because that's where I provide my updates on when I'm hosting these next. And the next one is this Wednesday. So at the time that that releases, this is probably tomorrow night. So I have, I think, two spots left right now, maybe four. I'm not sure. (laughs) We'll figure it out. We will figure it out when we get there. So DM me or sign up. I'm going to put the link in the show notes here and come relax. Come learn to become a relaxed human. Take care and I will see you next time.